You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. In just a moment, we'll have the preaching of God's Word tonight. But before we do, I wanted to let you know that our pastor, for those who were here on Sunday, uh, you would know this, pastor has lost his voice and has been struggling to get it back. Mrs. Treber is clapping. I don't know what that's about. I'm going to bite my tongue and not say anything right now. But Pastor wanted me to convey to you that, of course, he wishes he could be up here preaching. And uh, in chapels today, he was there but not able to preach. And so if you would be in prayer for Pastor as his voice begins to heal and to come back. And we look forward to hearing him preach. But in his place, in order to fill this pulpit, it is taking four different men to get up and preach just to somewhat come close to what our pastor does on a weekly basis but we're excited for the preaching of God's word this evening and so I'm gonna ask our first preacher brother Moyer to go ahead and come at this time I miss pastor as well pastor I uh, turn if you would to numbers chapter 1 numbers chapter 1 you know around this time of year pastor talks a lot about goals we all need goals we need goals for our family, we need goals for our uh, life, we need goals for our ministry. And if you're, we're not careful, sometimes you may think, well, that's good for pastor. He's the pastor of the church, and of course he should have goals. But I'm just a, and then fill in the blank, I don't need goals. I'm just a, I just work around the church, I clean or I'm a helper, or I'm a teacher, or I run cameras, or whatever. I'm just a, a parent, I'm just a dad, I'm just a mom, whatever you might say. But I want to encourage you today that there is something for each of us, and we should have a goal, we should have a passion, and we should have a drive for the things of God. There's nothing too small as you're in Numbers chapter 1, before we get there, I want to remind you of Ecclesiastes 9.10. The Bible says, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. And today, I would just want to preach on one word, and that is drive. Drive. Or if you want to put it, passion, regardless of the position. Passion, regardless of the position. Let's pray, and we'll get right into it. God, I do thank you for your word. God, I pray that you would speak to each and every one of us through the word of God today. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for these wonderful people. I do pray that you'd heal pastor and his voice. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Numbers chapter 1, let's begin reading in verse number 2. The Bible says, Take ye the sum of all the congregation of the children of Israel. Now, this is, doesn't seem like a very exciting project, but this is the, the project that God gave Moses. He said, I want you to count the people. And if you've ever gone through the book of Numbers in your Bible reading schedule, and I'm sure you do it at least once a year, and I do as well, there's parts of this book uh, that may not be too exciting. And uh, honestly, I think as Moses was counting, maybe it wasn't too exciting for him at times as well, but that was the, that was the job that God gave him to do. 
And with that project, God gave him some princes. Look in verse number four there. He gave him some pretty impressive help. Verse number four, the Bible says, And with you there shall be a man of every tribe, every one head of the house of his father. And then it, skip on to verse number 16. They were renowned. They were princes of the tribe of their father. They were heads of thousands of Israel. And so God gave them a project, and he gave them some princes, some really important people. These were the heads. These were the creme de la creme. These were the important people. But I want you to notice as well the puny. Uh, not in size, but in prestige or in position. They, they weren't really, no one knew their name. They didn't even get their name numbered. Uh, they didn't get their tribe numbered like the rest of them. Turn, if you will, to verse number 47. Verse 47. But the Levites, after the tribe of their fathers, were not numbered among them. Verse 49. Only thou shalt not number the tribe of Levi, neither shalt thou take the sum of them. They didn't have a very elevated position. It was seemingly low. Look at what they did. Verse number 51. Thank you for going to all these scriptures. The Levites, the Bible says, talking about the tabernacle, shall take it down. The Levites, they set up the tabernacle. Maybe not a very high position, but it was a very important position. Look, if you will, to verse number 53, the purpose. Verse number 53. But the Levites shall pitch round about the tabernacle of the testimony that there be no wrath upon the congregation of the children of Israel. It was important because it had to do with preservation. God said, there shall be no wrath upon the congregation because of what the Levites were doing. You know, if you look in the Bible, there are many times where God preserved people by simple obedience. Think of Rahab. What did she do? She put out a scarlet thread out her window and she preserved her family. Think about Esther. She preserved the entire Jewish people by simply doing what God would have her to do, and that was to talk to the king, even though she risked her life. Think about Job. Job preserved his friends. Well, they were, they were his friends. They were not very good people. Uh, they scoffed. They mocked him. But the Bible says he prayed for them, thus preserving their lives. The Zarephath w w widow, remember her? And uh, Elijah said, make me a cake first. She made the cake first. And what happened? She preserved her life. She preserved her son's life. She preserved Elijah's life by simple obedience. Make me the cake first. And you may say, I don't have a very important position. I, I don't do anything in this church that's really important. I don't really feel like I'm that important. No one even knows my name. May I say that you and your position and what God has for you is important? If God has given you something to do, and by the way, he's given each and every one of us something to do, and if he's given you something to do, whether you're a teenager, whether you're an adult, whether you just pray, and that's what the ministry God has for you, it is important. And because it's important, may I encourage you to have a passion, to have a passion, to have a drive. The Bible says in verse number 54, look if you will, and the children of Israel did according to all that the Lord commanded Moses 
so did they. I love that word, according to all. They gave it their all. They did exactly what God had for them. And you know what? I, I don't love being here. I'd rather be up there. I'm supposed to be in the sound ministry and uh, behind that wall so no one could see me or in the video ministry. But you know what? God, for some reason, had pastor ask me to do this brief time. And you know what? I want to give it my all. I want to have passion in whatever I do. And whatever God has for you to do, I, I do the IT, and I've never had passion about IT before. But now I'm doing the IT. And you know what? I want to have a passion about it. I want to be fired up. I want to have goals. I want to, I want to cast a vision for my area. And whatever your area is, may I say, whether you're a prince, what, you're a very important person, or maybe you're just a person that no one knows, no one knows your name, may I encourage you to have a passion for whatever you do and have a drive. My first point today, drive or passion, whatever God has for you, may we all have passion Keep it, if you would, in the book of Numbers. Continuing on the area of service, Numbers chapter number four, I'd like to mention their duty. The house of Levi was divided into three families, and the three families were the children of Levi. You can read about them as it states in, chapter, in Numbers chapter number three, but we'll read it in Numbers chapter number four. And the Bible says in verse number two, it says, Take the sum of the sons of Kohath. And that's the very first family mentioned. It continues in verse number four. This shall be their service. And as Brother Moyer mentioned, their position was not a lofty position. It was not a high and mighty, look at me, look what I'm doing. You know what the sons of Kohath did? They, all they did was they were furniture movers. If you look down and you read through all the different verses, in verse number 15, the Bible says, And when Aaron and his sons have made an end of covering the sanctuary, by the way, they were furniture movers, but they could neither see nor could they touch any of the furniture that was in the tabernacle. They could not enter the tabernacle and even look upon what they were in charge of moving unless it had been covered. And the sons of Aaron would go in and they would cover it with uh, cloths of blue and cloths of scarlet and different animal skins. And once it was covered, the sons of Kohath, this family, their job and their mission was to move the furniture. Now, in my high school years, I helped in being a, a part of this amazing church. We know so many people. As a high schooler, I got asked to move people a lot. I moved a lot of furniture. We had talked about seriously considering starting a moving company, and we had considered several different uh, clever names, and because we were just doing it, it seemed like all the time. But that's what the sons of Kohath were in charge of. They were furniture movers. It was not something that you say, look, this is in the limelight. This is something that's uber important. This is something that everybody wants to do. They moved the furniture. But that was their job. That was their task. And then it keeps on going, and it goes to the next family, the sons of Levi. It's the family of uh, Gosher. And you can have here, uh, read all the way in verse number 20. And the Lord spake unto Moses, take the sum of the sons of Gershon, I'm sorry, in verse number 24, and the Bible says, this is the service of the family of the Gershonites to serve and for burden, and they shall bear the curtains of the tabernacle. Their job, they had been given the specific task from God. Their job was to move drapes, and they would move curtains, and they would take care of the cloths and the cords, and they would move it as the tabernacle would move to the next area where God would have them camp. 
And it was, again, not something that you think would be super impressive or, man, if I could only serve in that area, if I could just move the curtains. And let me tell you, as a man, I don't know anything about curtains. I would not have the slightest uh, hint of what to do with them, how to fold them, how to move them. I have no idea. But that was their job, and that was their task. They had been given a specific task. That was their duty, and that was their responsibility. And then lastly, and, and by the way, if I keep reading there for the sons of Gershon, verse number 27, at the appointment of Aaron and his sons shall all the, be the service of the sons of Gershonites. They could not do anything without the appointment of Aaron and his sons. They were to follow that leader, and they were to do that. And it says in verse number 28, this is the service of the families of the sons of Gershon in the tabernacle of the congregation, and their charge shall be under the hand of Ithamar, the son of Aaron, the priest. And then we read lastly in the last family, and this is the, the families of the sons of Levi, and it says, as for the sons of Merari, thou shalt number them after their family, in verse number 31, and this is their charge of their burden. According to all their service in the tabernacle of the congregation, what's their job? It says here, the boards of the tabernacle, and the bars thereof, and the pillars thereof, and sockets thereof. Their job was to move the lumber. All their job was, was just to move all of these construction materials, all of these building materials, and that was their job. That was their task. You know, sometimes we think when we get a specific task from God, when we get a call from God, and like Brother Moyer said, we each have been called to an area of service. If you have not been called to an area of service, it is not for a lack of God's calling. It is for a lack of our ability to listen. God has called each Christian to an area of service. At the moment of salvation, he has gifted you with a spiritual gift. Even beyond that spiritual gift, God has an area of service for you in the work of the ministry. My question, have you discovered your duty? Do you know what your duty is? And sometimes we get an area, we get a service, and we think this is going to be amazing. This is going to be great. I'm going to fulfill my purpose. And then we end up moving curtains. Or then we end up, as many of our college students have realized, moving furniture. As a, as a, a Baptist Bible college student, you become, you get a doctorate in moving tables and chairs. Let me tell you that. You move a lot of furniture. Or perhaps you're just the construction, you just move the construction materials. It's not always going to be the limelight job. It's not going to always be in the spotlight, but it is necessary, and it is our duty. Look at what the Bible says. The Bible says, we'll read back and, and touch about a word that I want us to, to look at. In verse number 15, the Bible says, after that, the sons of Kohath shall come to bear it, but they shall not touch anything. And then it says uh, in verse number uh, 24 and 25, the Bible says, this is the service of the family of Gershonites to serve and for burdens. You see that word burden is mentioned several times here in chapter number four. It is their burden. It is their duty and their responsibility to bear. It was their personal responsibility. And sometimes it feels like the work of the ministry feels like a burden. But it's not a burden. It is a privilege. And it is an honor. And it is an opportunity to serve the King of Kings. To, to serve the Lord of Lords, to be able to put your hand to the plow. And it is our personal responsibility. I also realize here that he divided the work up by families. Sometimes Christians think that, oh, it's either family time or service time. It doesn't have to be either or. It doesn't have to be a battle. Some of my sweetest times growing up is remembering when I, my dad will let me 
My dad would be the bus driver, and he was the bus captain of several different bus routes throughout uh, my growing up years. And he would let me sometimes touch the brake pedal to test and see if the brake lights would work. And he would let me go and check all the seats. And you know what? Now I also get to serve in a ministry with my children. Some of my sweetest times that I have, one of the times I most enjoy right now in the service of the Lord is every single Saturday my family and I go out soul winning. And we go out knocking on doors. And my kids, if you see us, they're over there riding their scooters down the sidewalk, and they just think we're going for a walk. But let me tell you, they've probably passed out more tracks than some of our own church members. They have knocked on more doors than some of our own uh, people growing up. And, 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 and there may, might come a time, and that doesn't always work for everybody, but I love it. Yeah. I love serving God. I enjoy serving God. Yeah. I get to walk with my wife, and we get to spend time together, and we get to uh, be, have time with our children as we go soul winning and visit our bus route. And, and they know the bus kids' names, and they spend time on our bus route, and they serve in other ministries as well. And it is some of the sweetest time. It doesn't always have to be one or the other. But let me encourage you to do this. Let me encourage you to find your area of service, to have duty, to have a personal responsibility. It was upon them. They were not in charge of the next person's job. They were in charge of something important for the work of God. They found their duty. As we continue tonight, we've seen drive. We've seen duty. And now I want to show you the word determination. Look with me at Numbers chapter number 1. And verse 1, the Lord spake unto Moses in the wilderness of Sinai. Verse 1, in the tabernacle of the congregation on the first day of the second month. The Lord comes to Moses and he gives him instructions. And we see in verse 19, and uh, the Lord commanded Moses. So he numbered them in the wilderness of Sinai. Skip to verse 54 with me, please. And the children of Israel did according to all that the Lord commanded Moses. So did they. Verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, Every man of the children of Israel shall pitch by his own standard. Then look down at the end of that chapter with me. Verse number 34, After God spoke to the leadership, we see in verse 34, The children of Israel did according to all that the Lord commanded Moses. As we look through this, first few chapters of Numbers tonight, we've seen the uh, characters, we've seen the story, but in these passages we see a trait repeated that God's people exhibited as they received their instructions in the wilderness. This trait of determination, it provided order for the people, it provided progress for the people, and it provided purpose for God's people. For you see, determination is a word that means a absolute direction. It's a fixed resolve. It's a removing all questions from your mind. This is not a haphazard work. This is a focused work that the people of God began to work on and fulfill after the leadership came to them. Determination, you see, is embracing God's command and His calling and fulfilling it faithfully. Determination is just finding out what God wants you to do and then doing it over and over and over again, not quitting. As the songwriter put it, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Though no one join me, still I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. The world's behind me, the cross before me, 
no turning back, no turning back. As we survey these chapters, we see God coming to the people with instructions, and then we see the people obeying the instructions. Numbers 1, we see in summary the 11 tribes were numbered. In chapter number 2, God gives instructions for how every tribe is to be placed around the tabernacle. And the tabernacle is the center of the nation of Israel. As they camp and as they pitch their tents, every tribe has a position and they all face the tabernacle. And let me just stop for a second and say, a successful nation, a successful family, a successful individual is always one that fixes his attention, that centers his life facing God, facing his presence, and facing his house. Tonight, the Levites were given instructions in Numbers chapter 3, and their service was dictated and described in Numbers chapter 4. And all through these chapters, we see God's people exhibiting this trait of determination. Let me give you a few areas they were so determined. Number one, they were determined to obey God's voice. They were determined to obey God's voice. We've already read the passages, but you saw that God would come to the people with instruction, and then the people would just go out and obey. Seventeen times in four chapters, the Lord spoke, or the Lord commanded. Over and over, he would give instruction and the people would respond in obedience. Tonight, we must be dedicated to listening to the Word of God, to listening to the voice of God, to listening to the Spirit of God as He speaks to our hearts. And may each of us respond in obedience, be determined to listen and heed the voice of God. And then second, I see they were determined to follow the man of God. Not just listen to the voice of God, but every time... The man of God was given an instruction. We see the people respond in obedience. Ver chapter 1, verse 54. The children of Israel did according to all the Lord had commanded who? Moses. Chapter number 2. The children of Israel did according to all that the Lord had commanded who? Well, you're a little asleep on me tonight. Who did they uh, respond to? They uh, did according to all the Lord commanded who? Moses, that's all right. And God had placed Moses in a position of leadership, a position of authority. He had raised up Moses and Aaron and given them instructions for the people of God. I'm so thankful in this church, in this assembly, in our North Valley Baptist Church that God has given us a shepherd, one that he uh, walks with God and, and is close to God and has vision from God and we as God's people are called to listen and heed the instruction of our shepherd. When the shepherd says we need to be at men's prayer, we should be at men's prayer. When the shepherd says we need to fill up the soul winning meeting, we should fill up the soul winning meeting. When we need help bus calling, we should be lined up for bus calling. When it's time to give, we should be reaching for our wallet. Tonight as the man of God speaks, we as God's people should be determined to follow and heed the man of God. And then lastly, I see a determination to fulfill their task in the work of God. We've already seen from Brother Flood the duty that the different people had in this nation. 
the 11 tribes were the warriors, the tradesmen. We see the Levites and their responsibilities. But God had a place for every person to serve. It was a responsibility that was individual. It was specific to them. But once they were given that responsibility, it would never get done if they didn't do it. It was their job. It was their responsibility. These tasks were repeated tasks. If we think about the fact that they were responsible for moving furniture, it only makes sense to kind of consider how many times they had to move. As I studied the passage, the Israelites had to move over 20 different times after this uh, uh, command was given. These people were repeatedly tearing down the furniture, putting up the furniture. Okay, it's time to move again. Tear down the furniture, raise up the furniture. These people were busy, and they had to faithfully fulfill their area of responsibility for their nation to go forward. Tonight, if our church is going to go forward, you're going to have to be in your spot. You're going to have to fulfill your responsibility. You're a Sunday school teacher? Well, don't give up now. You're a sound worker? Don't give up now. You're a, a, a usher? Don't quit your spot. If you're a, a, a live stream worker, we need you at your camera. Every person needs to be determined to fulfill their responsibility in the work of God. Determination. It's no questions. It's a fixed purpose, a resolve to finish their job. As all of these men have said, the Levites were the official caretakers of the tabernacle. They were the, they were the moving company. They were the official moving company of Moses and the tabernacle. As Brother Reamers just said, 20 different times moving. If you've ever moved just once, you know how much effort, you know how much work. You never really realize how much stuff you have until you have to put it all in a box. In the first 10 years of, uh, of my marriage, we moved a total of 10 times. You say, why would you do that? Because I'm a glutton for punishment, I guess. I, I don't know why we did that, but 10 times. Brother Flood, you mentioned that you thought of maybe starting a moving company. In my estimation, worst job ever. A job that I would not want. And yet, as we consider the Levites, we can find their drive, we can find their determination, we can find their duty. But I also see this thought. They were a dedicated group of people. Dedicated every time God said, Moses, it's time to move. Moses, tell the children of Israel to pack up. I find that they were in their spot. They were doing exactly what they were supposed to be doing. Can you imagine if God had told Moses, Moses, it's time to move. It, it, it's time to tell everyone to pack up. It's time to make the journey. And the Levites decided, you know what, we're going to take a day off. I think we're going to sleep in today. Let's go grab a coffee and let's just take it easy. What would that have meant for the children of Israel? It means that they are literally not moving or if they were going to move, they were going to do so without the very presence of God. That's how important their role was. It, it wasn't just a minuscule task. It, it wasn't just some worthless job. Their service that they had to complete was extremely important to the overall well-being of the children of Israel. And what did it require? It required dedication. I'd like to give you two thoughts this evening. First, I'd like you to consider their practicing dedication. That word dedication, as we think about it, as we think about someone who may be dedicated, we think of some, terms such as loyal. 
or someone who is devoted to their task. No matter how big, no matter how small, they are just always in their place. I'm thankful for the privilege to have grown up here in the North Valley Baptist Church. I'm thankful that as I look out across this room, I can see men and women of God who for year after year after year, through the thick, through the thin, through the trials, through the good, the bad, no matter what the weather is like, they were just always there in their place doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. I can look across this room and I think of men who once upon a time taught me in Sunday school. I saw Brother Riddle in the back many, many years ago. I was a third and fourth grade boy, and he taught a Sunday school class, the clubhouse. I'll never forget room 201 at the Clyde Avenue property. I can remember the baseball cards and different things he'd give us. And can I tell you something? I grew up, my wife and I were blessed with children, and my two oldest sons, many years later, sat in that same man's Sunday school class. What is that? That is dedication. And I can go on and tell story after story of so many different people in this church who have just been faithful. Can I challenge you to be dedicated in the service? As you go through the first four books of the, of the book, of, first four chapters of the book of Numbers, you will find the word service over and over and over again as it relates to the Levites. Why? Because they were dedicated to the service, to the work that God had called them to do. No matter the task, no matter how mundane it may have been, no matter how often they had to do it, no matter the fact it was the same task over and over and over again, it literally did not change, yet I find that they were dedicated. Second thought I'd like to give you is not only were they dedicated in their practice, but they had a peculiar dedication. If you look with me in Numbers chapter 3, in verse number 41, I'd like us to look at this verse. Numbers chapter 341, the Bible says, And thou shalt take the Levites for me. This is God speaking. He says, I am the Lord. If you go back, if you go down a few verses to verse 45, you'll see the same phrase. And the Levites shall be mine. I am the Lord. If you go to Numbers 814, the Bible says this. This is God speaking to Moses. Thou shalt separate the Levites from among the children of Israel, and the Levites shall be mine. In Numbers 8, verse 16, God again says, For they are wholly given unto me from among the children of Israel. I find that the Levites were not only dedicated in their practice, but they had a peculiar dedication. When we think of that word peculiar, perhaps we think of the word strange or odd. Perhaps you know someone, maybe even someone in this room, who maybe is a little odd, a little bit strange, and you might think, they're kind of peculiar, but that's not what we're talking about here. The word peculiar literally means belonging to one's person or exclusive property. Think about this for a moment. When we think about the work that God had called the Levites to do, it wasn't, it wasn't, it may have been a Monday task. It may have been something that received no glory, but God said, I want everyone to know those Levites, those people that I've called to do this task, they belong to me. I own them. They are mine. You think about what kept these men going. What kept them going day after day, move after move, doing the same task over and over. I think it was the fact that it wasn't for them. What they were doing, they were doing for the glory of God because God said, you belong to me. Can I remind us, church, 
That when we got saved, we have been bought with a price. That no longer do we belong to sin. No longer do we belong to the world. We belong to the Almighty God. And so when we have an opportunity to serve Him, it's not just a task we do. It's not something we do that is just repetitive. We do so because we belong to God and we are doing it for the glory and for the praise of God Almighty. They had a peculiar dedication. I'd like to leave you with two thoughts as we end here. As we think about these words, these attributes, these challenges from the book of Numbers this morning, may I challenge every one of us, as I have been challenged, to be dedicated in our service in 2024. Whatever it is that God has called you to do, and whatever it is, you say, I, I may not have a calling. Can I say there's always opportunities? If you don't have an area of service, come see one of these men. They will put you to work. In fact, they will fill your calendar so, so well and so fast that you won't have time to do anything else. Why? There is always something to do around the house of God. And may we be dedicated to the task at hand. Can I say, secondly, may we remember why it is we serve our God. Why is it that we serve at the North Valley Baptist Church? Why is it we teach a Sunday school? Why is it we go out soul winning? Why is it that we do the things that we do? Because it's not for our glory. It's not for our praise, but it's for the glory of God. We do what we do because we belong to him. He paid the ultimate price and he purchased us. He redeemed us. We belong to him. And may we live for the glory of God. This year of 2024, may we have more drive. May we have more determination. May we have a, a greater sense of duty. And may we be dedicated to the task that God has called us to do so that we may be greater servants of Him. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.